welcome to today's episode of Musings with Jesus. My name is Shola. I am your host. Thank you for joining me. Um, today I'm, and first of all, if this is your first time of your listening to this podcast, thank you for joining. Thank you for being here. Um, this is just um, a daily Christian podcast where I talk about faith, life, and love in the context of my life and all that you know I'm experiencing with God and His Word through the Bible. And um, yeah, my ongoing journey with the Lord. And um, we, what, what we do here is we talk about scripture. God helps me to make, you know, have meaning on things going on in, in life. And um, recently I've been thinking a lot about justice and um, justice. I don't want to say justice and vengeance, but yeah, justice, you know, and how sometimes it looks like evil just has such a long reign you know on this earth it looks you know it's so it's like it's so rare to actually get justice on this earth you know justice for people who have lost things justice for victims justice for the vulnerable justice for the poor you know justice against evil justice for you know, for the oppressed, you know, it, it just seems so difficult. And um, just while reading, doing a lot of my Bible reading this week, for the Bible program I'm on, I see that God is such a God of justice. You know, He, particularly in the Old Testament, you see a lot of instances where He did not, you know, He was. He would, say, he would say to his people, you are my people, I love you. In fact, from all the stories, Adam, he loved Adam, created a wonderful garden for Adam. And yet, when they sinned, he was like, well, sorry, you disobeyed. As much as I wanted you to, you know, live with me and have this fellowship, I have to cast you out of the garden of Eden so that you don't go and eat from the tree of life. And, you know, and that creates another problem by myself and then you now live forever and then you're living forever in you know as a sinful immortal person that I cannot change and probably you know man's fate will have been just like the devil you know and um, so God cast him out into the out of the garden which although looked very bad but what he did was that he then made man an immortal have a immortal life which um, and then have a spirit eternal spirit that one could then walk towards saving through, you know, by changing your ways on, on earth. And maybe that's the reason why the devil and all of them don't have that opportunity that we have because they already have the seed of immortality with them. So that corruption of sin, there's no, re- I mean, there's no restoration, there's no forgiveness. But God, before Adam and Eve could eat of the tree of life, God cast them out so that they then suffered physical mortality, which left the door for. Um, how would I say righteousness by atonement, you know, through anyway, just left the door open for future salvation in Christ and of course from the law as well. And Holy Spirit, yeah, thank you for that because I never really looked at it that way. And this is just me theory reflecting and musing, you know. I'm not saying it seems like that's what may have happened there. Because for some reason God said they were cast out of the Garden of Eden because he didn't want them to eat of the tree of life, which would have made them live forever as Rebels, you know what I'm saying. So there's something about that, and um, he actually sent them to keep the tree of life and then cast them out of the Garden of Eden. But the point I'm trying to make is, so there was justice for them, 
also after that we then see the generation of Noah which um, you know you got to that there was a lot of things going on the imaginations of the heart are wicked he provided justice he just he judged them there and then the tower of Babel people who wanted to build a tower to the heavens and everything they were God was like what are these people trying to do I beg I beg judge you know they were judged I mean justice you know God executed judgment scattered them changed their tongue and their language confused them and they were scattered all over the earth we see this theme throughout you know even Moses in fact recently I was reflecting on Moses the the scriptures Deuteronomy records that there was no prophet in all of Israel at that time nobody that ever saw God face to face and spoke to him and the kind of signs and wonders that Moses did by the power of God and that God showed himself the glory of God you know all those signs and wonders that in the history of Israel there was no prophet that ever you know walked with God face to face like that yet when Moses disobeyed um, um, Jesus God um, said he will not enter into the promised land <laughs> and please this is the same Moses that carried the message that went to Pharaoh and said let my people go that you know they may serve me in the wilderness the same Moses who saw through all the ten plagues you know the Red Sea boy, um, part, the, what, the Red Sea was parted um, for him as the leader the whole Mount, Mount Sinai experience the tablets of stone the commandments the thunder and the lightning from Mount Sinai the 40 days on the mount you know the manna coming from heaven the glory cloud by day and the um, flame by night the water coming out of the rock the quails of food coming out to give them meat all of those signs and wonders were in the reign of Moses and the Bible also tells us that Moses saw God face to face you know there were times when God actually passed by him showed him his back parts <laughs> you know a lot of that Moses saw what in fact I don't think a handful of men on the earth who have ever lived I can't I, I can't count five who had the relationship with Moses I mean with God that Moses did who are opportune yet when Moses disobeyed God God judged him and said he will not enter that promised land and it wasn't even something that was up for discussion there were times Moses many times Moses intervened on behalf of the children of Israel and God turned back his wrath you know and decided not to destroy them once he intervened but in this case and then other times even while the children of Israel were in rebellion in the wilderness every time there was an infraction either the golden calf there was justice you know some people they were you know perished just like that the generation that um, Moses generation that decided that they felt the land was too um, the people of the land were too mighty for them to get into the um, promised land which was the Canaan God said they would all be they would all perish in the wilderness and they did there were a series of times when there were rebellions this was recorded in Deuteronomy murmurings against God at every single time people were judged the, the, the rebellion of Korah which was one person who tried to stand against um, Aaron and Moses at the time they were judged immediately the ground opened up and he and all his descendants went <laughs> so God wasn't played do you understand what I'm saying but the prison for me or for it all now even I mean let's continue with some of the Bible stories Joseph I mean David as well when he went and took another man's wife slept with her and then killed the husband so that he would bring the wife into his into his house she got pregnant and all of that the child fell sick. David prayed and prayed that God will heal the child. The Lord said, "Well, God will forgive him for that." 
the child would still, you know, the child would survive. And that exactly what happened exactly as the Lord had said. David learned a big lesson that way. That day, and it's not recorded that he went against God again, you know, throughout the rest of his life. So we see, I mean, all of that went on. And I'm talking of people, I'm not talking of the judgment of God against people who were not working with God. I'm talking of God's judgment even against his own people, his own children, his prophets, you know, whoever they may be. Of course, Saul, we saw what happened with Saul. You know, I mean, God just told him, I'm taking the king, the throne away from you and your family, and that came to pass. Let me say, if there are any other notable stories I can think about. Of course, there was, well, yeah, okay, no, I can't, um, those ones do not. Um, Daniel, there was no recording of Daniel doing anything that he shouldn't have done. So, you know, I think all the prophets do, maybe some of them a little bit of disobedience here and there, maybe God cautioning them and things like that. But generally, the sense that you get is that God is a just God. He really, in fact, there's a scripture in um, Deuteronomy that he says he, he, he kept on telling the people that they should not pervert the course of justice. He really hated, you know, that thing whereby something has happened, the matter is brought before, you know, a, a panel or a judge, you know, and then you pervert the course of justice. The person that you know, you know that this person is innocent, that person is guilty, you pervert it to either deny the innocent of, of, of having justice or you, you turn it against the innocent or you, you, you allow the the um, guilty person to walk away without any repercussion of having to pay for their um, for their for, for their crimes or sins or whatever they did. God, He kept on, He warned the Israelites several times not to pervert the cause of justice. Now, this really struck me because in my country, Nigeria, really, there's nothing like justice. I've never, as in. When you talk about perverting the cause of justice, that is what the entire system is committed to doing. And it, it, it really grieves my heart because I, I see that I, a society, a family, even a family that does not have any system that doesn't uphold justice is an oppressive system, is an evil system. Is a satanic, is a demonic system, is a system that will forever have conflict, will forever have chaos, will ever have, will forever have all sorts of negative bad things happening. It can never be well with such a system, it can never be well with such a family, it can never be well with such, you know. It's just the way things are because the world is not about one person. It's about people, it's about an environment, it's about a land, it's about a system. It's about an order of things. Everything in life, this nature, this world that we find ourselves, has an order of things. And when you pervert that order, it creates chaos. The same thing in your body. There's an order in my physical body that says there are things I can eat, there are things I should not eat. You know, there are things that are poisonous for my body. There are things that are beneficial to my body. And if I do not, um, I, I, I choose not to recognize that order of things, then it brings chaos into my body it brings conflict into my body it brings destruction it brings oppression to the organs of my body and my, my entire life and a lot of people around me including myself who pay the price for it that's exactly how our system is society families units groups i find i think it's just so wrong when we do this but anyway so if we go into the new testament we see that christ comes and then you know the same values 
the Lord preaches and tells us to do this, you know, uphold righteousness. He doesn't it truth. He tells us to be fair. He tells us to do unto others as we want to do. We want to be done unto us and things like that. In the New Testament, we have some examples of where God executes his judgment. You say instantaneously, like Ananias and Sapphira, but this now is done on his behalf by his prophets. There are a few cases like that that we see, I mean, by the apostles. Ananias and Sapphira, I think, was the most prominent one. But generally speaking, what you would find the apostles doing was they would speak out against injustice. They would uphold it in the areas where they had influence, like when they were telling people, you know, servants, you know, telling um, disciples how to treat servants, how to treat masters, and all of that. So within the church, they they, they they advocated for discipline. I mean, we saw Paul do that in Corinthians, saying that if somebody had committed immoral acts, he needed to address it and all that. They also took a stand against such things. We saw John the Baptist taking a stand against something that Herod did. So in public situations, they spoke out and all that. And in the church, they made sure that the church was an epitome of, you know, justice, order, and discipline. That was a major concern for the apostles and Paul. Almost all of them, in all the letters they wrote, they wrote about it. So it, you just generally get the sense. And of course, they now talk about the future judgment, Christ coming back, and all that. And then the whole of Revelation is talking about the judgments of the nations, of the tribes, of the peoples, and how everything is going to end up. So we see throughout the humanity and redemption story that is in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation that God is a God of justice. He will not acquit the guilty and that he doesn't like people that pervert the cause of justice. There's a lot going on in my society in Nigeria. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of injustice that is just like everyday occurrences. It makes you want to tear your hair out. Yeah, just like how can this be right and you know there's a lot of frustration a lot of people are not happy about it but when we feel like what can we do the church as a whole is just staying out of it they're just like facing their own issues which is really really not which is sad i'll put it let me just leave it at that individuals i think there's a lot more happening from individuals normal the youths are really gathering you know like they're fed up because they have really borne the brunt of it unemployment inflation education everything is just upside down the leaders who by the way are geriatric old men they really just don't care it's the most disgusting thing so they've kept women and youths out of governance the most disadvantaged people in the nigerian society are children and youths people anybody under the age of 35 under and they are the bulk of the population about 75% of the population are 35 years and below, yet they're the most marginalized. They just don't care. No one is thinking about the future. The older geriatric 60 and above are concerned with perpetuating themselves into power even when their physical body is showing them and telling them that they cannot do it anymore. It's the most amazing thing. And, you know, it's, it's just there's just a lot going on. And then the whole system is rigged to make sure that the innocent, the righteous, that there's just no justice. I, I, I can't even, there's just no other way I can say it. There's no justice. So, you see people actually, you know, the people benefiting from a corrupt and unjust, oppressive system and modeling it as the right way to be and making it look like, if you can't beat them, join us. And 
everyone else who is standing up or speaking out and wanting to uphold righteousness or justice or just say no this is wrong this should be done this way you are branded an enemy if you're not careful people come against you you can't speak up against terrorism you can't speak up against political corruption you can't speak up against lack of accountability you can't speak up against the failure of governance you can't speak up against anything you know but the society is going to rot everything is you know not people are getting poorer people are losing their jobs the economy is not moving there's no you know but you can't speak up against any of those things all you're allowed to say is to sing praises of the political leaders it's the most bizarre thing it's really bizarre but anyways i'm just saying all of this to say how for me this world is just an epitome of everything that god says it is which is satan is really the god of this world he's the god of this world clearly is the God of this world. And as a Christian, I, I don't see any reason why anybody should want to live forever in this world because this world is corrupt. It is perverse. It has turned right. It has turned everything upside down. Right is wrong. Evil is good. Good is evil. You know what I'm saying? There's the value system, the principles. It's all, it's all failing. And in as much as I know that Nigeria is an extreme, you know, I, I, I see that this pattern is repeating itself in many parts of the world countries like in the u.s where people can with their full chest defend the rights for people to be able to buy assault rifles while at the same time saying that it is wrong for you to have an abortion so somehow the life that is in the womb is more precious than the life that is living this that is outside that is in school that has a name that has can speak for themselves you know there's just a lot of perversion of thinking in my mind and the people saying this thing say that they're Christians and I'm sorry if I'm offending anybody by what I'm saying but it doesn't make sense to me and I'm you know it doesn't make sense to me you either care for all life or you don't care for all life you can't tell me you are caring for life in the womb and you're not caring for life outside I just don't get that I don't get it I just don't get it so that perversion of thinking I'm sorry again if I'm offending anybody is showing everywhere we are on another extreme I would say but I think the same if it, I can see the fingerprints of the same sort of spirits that is focused on not doing the right thing based on principle, but doing the right thing based on what favors me and the people that I support. That's what's happening. In our, in our sense, it is more, um, the consequences are more devastating because we have weak institutions, we're a young country, very undeveloped, high level of um, illiteracy and poverty and all of that so you know political leaders can get away with, with literal murder and they do um, in the other parts of the world the consequences they are also quite significant for vulnerable people but there are institutions that are relatively strong, strong that can make it a little bit better so where am I going with all of this I just want to read Deuteronomy 32 because this is the comfort that I have for my nation Nigeria and it's a prayer I'm really asking God to tell me what would he have me do at this time because to be honest sometimes you just feel like is there even any point in praying you just feel everything is so helpless but I feel a part of me also knows that even even if I think it will not do anything I mean and, and I think it, it will I think the worst thing I can do is to to give up hope and just allow evil to just have its full sway so even if all I will do is pray I have to do something because, you know, it's it's just it's it's getting quite un, 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 unbearable. And 
when the Bible says you should pray for kings and all them are thine authority that you may live a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Yeah, that's really the truth in Nigeria. And it's not to say that we haven't been praying, we've been praying, but somehow it hasn't translated into quiet and peaceable. In fact, it seems to have gone the you know the other way. But I think that that is also because we as the body of Christ have taken our eyes away from the ball and we've run after politics and political power and left our territory unmanned. What we are called to do is to look after the gospel and Christ, to preach Christ and change lives through the gospel and Christianity and by good works. And I think to a very large extent, we have been distracted by that and we chasing shadows to a very large extent. And you can't beat the devil at his own game. You can only do it by playing by a different set of rules. So we've been playing by his rules, so therefore we are where we are right now. But my comfort, so I'm reading, I want to read this scripture, um, Deuteronomy 32 verse 4. This was the song of Moses towards the end, just in his final words to the Joshua generation who were about to enter the promised land. And he was doing a recap of everything that God had done for them, delivering them from Egypt, the wilderness, and where they are today. And then he's, he he just broke out in this song, inspired song by the Holy Spirit, talking about God. And I'll read these few verses, which says, from verse 3, Because I will publish the name of the Lord, ascribe ye greatness unto our God. He is the rock. His work is perfect for all his ways are judgment. He is a God of truth and without iniquity. Just and right he is he. They have corrupted themselves. Their spot is not the spot of his children. They are perverse and crooked generation. Do ye, do ye thus requite the Lord, O foolish people and unwise? Is not he thy father that hath bought thee? Is it not the, he that has made you and established you? Remember the days of old. Consider the years of many generations. Ask your father and he will show you, the elders and they will tell you. When the Most High divided to the nations their inheritance, when he separated the sons of Adam, he set the bounds of the people according to the number of children of Israel. So I'll stop there. Where I really wanted to talk about was verse 4 where he says, He's the rock. His work is perfect. For all his ways are judgment. He's a God of truth and without iniquity. Just and right is he. This is my... And there's a song around that by written by Don Moen, which I just found that was written by him this morning. He says, Ascribe greatness to the Lord. His word is perfect. And all his ways are just. He's a God of faithfulness and without injustice good and upright is he he's a god of faithfulness and without injustice good and upright is he so that is my sense of comfort in all of what we're going through that god is ultimately a god of justice as a god of judgment and i am really calling that he bring back his justice and his judgment upon my nation i don't know how he's going to do it i don't know how but i'm asking that he does it that this system that we are currently running that is rewarding murderers bloodletters idolaters idol worshippers followers of darkness carriers of evil murderers of children this system that covers the sin and the evil of terrorists terrorists and bloodletters that he should expose it he should judge them he should bring it down, destroy it let their nakedness be exposed let his judgment be swift upon them deliver us from the hand of the enemy 
he says you will not acquit the guilty i am praying this prayer not for myself alone but for every child that is born of a woman in this nation nigeria every innocent child a week ago gunmen entered into a church in nigeria in the southwestern part of nigeria and cold-bloodedly shot down 50 people about 50 to 80 people the numbers were not sure many families mothers fathers children babies we have the videos we have the photos and they vanished into thin air till today nobody has claimed responsibility no one has been found the government has been quick to point suspect just mention it but nothing has come out of it and these killings have been going on in southern Kaduna and so many parts of Nigeria in the north they always manage to disappear without trace and the political leaders think this is okay if you're listening and you're not from Nigeria this doesn't apply to you I'm just saying please if you are also in a country where you are faced with this kind of situation and if your country is going well pray for your country pray that your country is never overrun by evil men that the politics of your country is not hmm, taken over by them who have covenanted to work with the devil and thank God for his peace righteousness in your nation but if you belong to a country that is like mine cry out to the Lord and ask him to deliver to avenge for as Christians we are not permitted to avenge and we will not because you cannot beat the devil at his game but for as long as God says that his word is perfect all his ways are judgment that he's a God of truth without iniquity he's just and he's right and the Bible says in another scripture that he will not acquit the guilty we ask that God intervene into our nations right now in the name of Jesus that he bring down every system of oppression in our political leadership in our government, in our communities in our society and that he raise up men and women of courage that will stand and speak out the truth and will bring down the power of the enemy over our nation and over our land all to his glory in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ Amen